Karamos set his glass on the table with a smack. Perhaps it's best to be forthright. Vereen, I would like you to become my royal healer. She leaned back against the rail, not quite able to string words into coherent thought. To stay as his healer, his servant. I already have a position in Tegan. Leave it. I'll pay triple what you earn there. Her hands wrapped her glass. Tegan's my home. My life is there. And you are not. I need that peace. He lifted his drink again and drained it, then surveyed the view behind her toward his palace as the ship floated downriver. I understand, but homes can change. Lives can change. His gaze thudded into hers. They already have. Was he referring to her patients' lives or his and hers? No, it didn't matter. A generous offer, thank you. But though this place intrigues me, though I love you, I'll have to return to Tegan. Her lashes drooped as she fingered the lip of her glass, then set it down. You must find another royal physician, so Hod won't be able to handle it on his own, even with Priya. I know. I've been apprised of your many patients today. People are coming because your healing works. He lowered his empty glass to rest against hers. When the sickness first struck, I was reluctant to request your services. He took a long breath. Now that you're here, I can't imagine being without you. For a stunning moment, his green gaze seemed to yearn, but it had to be a trick of the failing light. He wants me to stay as a healer, she thought, not as a woman. Her heart curled inward. She turned away and leaned on the rail. The sun shafted one last ray above the horizon and then rolled from sight. Night had fallen, and her world had fallen with it. On the lower deck, servants lit small torches as people continued to talk and dance. On the upper deck, the gathering dusk cloaked Vereen and Karamos from anyone else's gaze. Floorboards creaked as he moved closer. All her senses blazed. He stopped behind her, near enough for her to smell the exotic scent of his skin and feel his breath fan across her neck. Her pulse hammered in her wrists as she clung to the rail. He touched her ponytail. This band he said softly. The one that keeps your hair back. Do you always wear it? Most of the time. She put a self-conscious hand on it and accidentally brushed his fingers. She pulled away, as if shocked by sparks. Several more breaths caressed her neck. Then both of his hands skimmed her gathered locks. Such beautiful hair, Vereen. As golden as Naz's sun. It doesn't deserve to be so confined. He tugged at the band, releasing it. She heard a tiny thump as he dropped it on the table. His fingers slid into her hair, then let the tresses fall away to glide across her shoulders, her back, her breasts, trailing her skin like a thousand kisses. 
He stepped close, one hand on the banister, a petal's breath from hers, one still playing with her hair. Better, he whispered, his lips feathering her ear. Now you look like a woman, not just a healer. Why do you hide yourself? Her half-lidded gaze clung to the river's moving shore. I keep my hair back so I can see my patients and do my work. I'm not hiding. If anything, it exposes me. It masks you, he said. You're veiled behind the facade of the healer. You shroud what you want and give to others, but not to yourself. What do you desire, Vereen? There was no safe answer.